Hey everybody, and wow. I mean, two weeks ago, Woo, we said that it had been a long time since we heard uh, Supernatural's Changing Channels theme song at the beginning of our tangent time, but it's been even longer since we heard our era opening. But uh, just going off of that, guys, hello, welcome back. Michael J. Petty here with Woo S. Kim, bringing you the latest episode of Longbow Hunters, the Arrow podcast, this, this week talking about the San Diego Comic-Con's coverage of Arrow Season 2. Uh, I mean, wow. There was a wow. lot. Wow, indeed. I think it was the best panel for, for a TV show. I, no, granted, I did not see Once Upon a Time or The Followings, but none of, none of the stuff I heard come out, came out of those panels, or Supernaturals, to be honest, that we didn't know already. Well, well, don't don't say anything about Supernaturals because I haven't seen their panel yet. I've only seen their uh, preview. Yeah, but from what I heard, it's basically like what we were, what we were expecting, and like, but with this one with arrows, um, I I couldn't believe what we saw and heard in that in that panel. Yeah. Um. Let's talk, Let's go through what we're going to go through, though, Michael. Yeah, absolutely. Like right, right off the bat, guys, um, a bunch of people came out for this panel. It was hosted by Damian Holbrook, who Starfield's House of L fans will know as one of the uh, co-hosts on that show. But he also works for TV Guide Magazine. He opened up the Arrow panel actually last year as well, and so he got great to host guy. it again this great year. Great guy, by the way. If you don't know who he is, great guy. Absolutely. Just hilarious and really knowledgeable. He he also did a couple other panels. I think he also did the. Um, Philadelphia panel as well, but go on. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of people at this uh, panel for Comic Con for Arrow this year. Actually, I was I was pleasantly surprised. We saw all three executive producers: Mark Guggenheim, Andrew Kressberg, Greg Berlanti. We saw Stephen Amell. He was there. Katie Cassidy was there. Colton Haynes was there. David Ramsey, uh, Emily Bett Ricards. Uh, they were they were all there. And then we got a special appearance by none other than John Barrowman himself at the con, which was actually really cool. I didn't expect that, yeah, but I was glad Andy, that he showed and up. Our buddy Andy Babak actually met him and um, the guy who plays Slade Wilson. He got pictures with them both. Oh, very and cool. And he actually got to, got to hang out with John Barrowman, who is, uh, I have to say in Andy's pictures, a much more muscular guy than he looks like on the show. Really? Yes. And, huh. and Andy said John was nothing but cool, and he seemed like a very down-to-earth guy. And Andy got one of the limited edition um, arrow bags with the cape on it from Comic-Con. Very awesome. Yeah. I know, I'm jealous. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and Slade Wilson called him brother in a very thick Australian accent, brother. No, oh, that's very awesome. Yeah. yeah. Manny I'm Bennett jealous. is also a very cool guy. This is not tangent time. This has a structure. No, not really. <laughs> not really. But yeah, so we got a bunch of uh, producers, obviously, and cast members on the panel this year. And right off the bat, they just started going off about season two, and they revealed the first or the title for the first episode to be entitled "City of Heroes," and two hundred one is also going to be five months after the season one finale. So we're going to not see a lot years. of changes. Not five years. No, not Tommy. Not Tommy Merlin Day. No. <laughs> I believe Tommy. Oh dear God. <laughs> I I think it might be over for me if that were the case. But anyway. No. Malcolm Merlin killed my boy. Macrino tried to save his life. Oh my gosh. But if you guys have read the uh, the last two digital chapters of the Arrow comic book series, which well, I don't know if you have or not, they came yeah, out. I did. I you did, did? Recently. Okay, cool. Because they came out, uh, I want to say two, three weeks after the finale aired, and it actually kind of sets up uh, season two pretty well. Yeah, it does. At least with I Oliver. Like, I was very surprised how it, like I saw this before 
Um, I read these before they released the video, or Green Arrow TV released the video. I need to give them a quick shout-out because they really helped me in finding the news for Arrow and a lot of the photos. You, we saw at SDCC and the video that is on our pages now. Um, going back to the issue, though, like, when I read the, the comic and then I saw this promo video that... A lot of our arrowheads have probably already seen already. It really does flow really well yeah. into season two. Absolutely. I'm am so, excited. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I mean, we are all we're all very excited. I mean, one of the best things that we heard because of the title of that and of the uh, premiere and everything is, I think it's Andrew Crisper who says it, but he goes more heroes this season in addition to the ones from last season. So it looks like we're going to be seeing some of the heroes we saw last season and even newer ones, better ones maybe, this season as well. So I, I'm really looking forward well. to like, We'll get into that, but a lot of our recurring villains yeah. will be back and even supersized. And it, it, it rhymes with Lewisite Mod. Yes. It rhymes with Lewisite Mod. <laughs> yes. But we also find out that the Arrow Cave gets a big upgrade this year. Yes. The, yes. We also have the engine. And also it comes with a Michael Caine. So there you go. That, that part I was getting. It comes with its own Michael Caine. We're not going anymore. Oh my gosh. But we do also find out that... That he is actually going to become Green Arrow, as in Green Arrow, and not just Arrow, like they said last season. And that that and, made me happy. And, and can I take a step back, if I may? Is this going to be like a DC Universe thing now, where, where at the end of every promo video, we're going to have something to the effect that what does the S stand for? I don't want to be called the Hood anymore. What do you want to be called? And then he looks at the thing that he wants to be called. The green quiver. Arrow. I mean, is I mean, is that I mean, is that like a I mean, Smallville really started that. Is that just gonna be a DC Comics norm now, where they're just gonna be tongue in cheek about the name? I don't mind. I mean, that. I, I mean, I'm fine with it. I'm just like that's just starting to become a thing now. I think it works Especially better than DC. just saying like Booster Gold and Smallville. Just saying, call me Booster Gold or whatever. I would rather. People come up with their names because of their appearance or whatever. Yeah. Because, I mean, quite honestly, these people aren't going out and becoming heroes saying, oh, by the way, this is my name. No, the people generally give them their names based off of who they are. And I think that makes more sense, especially with DC heroes as opposed to Marvel ones. Because Marvel ones, you can really get away with it by them calling themselves their names. Like Thor, that's his name. Captain America, it was World War II propaganda. It works. But it, but for DC heroes, I'm not sure it works as well, which is why I, I actually like this. Yeah. Aside from Green Lantern, obviously. Because the, the DC, because the DC heroes, other than like the first three originals, Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, other than those, they kind of have silly names. Yeah, and I mean the Green Lantern, it makes sense because it's Green Lantern Corps. We get that. But, but Star Spangled Kid strikes exactly. Flash, like a lot of these old like names, like why would superheroes name themselves this? Well, and I mean, even if you remember in Smallville in the season four episode Run, which is the first appearance of Bart Allen, what does he say? I'll be back in a flash. I mean, you just do something like that, you get their name. Yeah. It's really easy. Yeah, but going back to the SDC SDCC things that we got from there. This is season two is going to be more of his redemption apparently, but Susanna Thompson is going to be in like a handful of episodes, at least before the first hiatus. Which I didn't expect. Yeah. I didn't I expect at least right away. That we we got the number that we the number of episodes we got with her that were announced because yeah. I didn't think she was going to be in there hardly at all. I thought maybe the mid season finale or the penultimate before the mid season finale. But I didn't think any time earlier than that. I thought they were going to kind of make her more recurring as opposed to main cast. But I'm not sure about that now. And you know what? I think it's the best thing for the show or for the story even. Because 
we have a big cliffhanger, especially with Moira, and to not have her in a lot, at least a, a handful of episodes, you need to explain where she is, how, what's her emotional state like, how Oliver and Thea are feeling towards her, and what what is her ultimate fate, fate going to be. Because really, that's the one that I, I have no opinion on, just because they left it wide, wide open. Yeah. With the arms wide open. I'm just kidding. Well, and you really didn't need her back for a while. That's how wide open they left it. But it works that she is back, if that makes sense. No, and I agree with you. I'm just saying that's why we never thought that. Yeah, and apparently Walter's at least going to be in the first episode. At least that's what I heard. Okay. I'm, I'm hoping that's true because I wouldn't mind seeing Walter again, especially with Mora more so out of the Queen Consolidated picture. Why they did that too, just because if they knew David Rand or what's that guy's name that plays Walter? I keep forgetting. Uh, Colin Salmon. If they knew that they wouldn't have Mr. Salmon on board for next season, I think they probably would have just killed him. Yeah. Well, but, and I, and I think he's a good enough actor. They just wanted to keep him on because they knew he was good. Yeah. And but moving, but moving, but mo- moving on, Oliver. Much, much like Bruce Wayne in Batman, well, not Batman Year One, but more Batman Begins, is going to take a more interest in his family's company. Yep. Which I, which I'm glad about. Yeah, because you need Oliver Queen, and I, I, I liked how they did it in season one. Don't get me wrong, I liked what they did in one o two. I think it was. When they asked him, "Do you want an office position?" It didn't fit then. It fits more now. Especially now that the city is crippled, partly because he couldn't make it in time. Well, and I he and wasn't good enough. Abs- well, and it's ob- and I think he thinks it's going to also help him, much like Bruce Wayne with it, Wayne Enterprises, help him to be the Hood, or in this case, Green Arrow. And I think it's also going to be a good contrast between how Isabel Rochef, who's going to be played by Summer Glau, which we've talked about on Tangent Time, probably talk about again here. I think it's going to help with that contrast as well because she's taking an interest in his company now, too. Why are we going to talk about it? Her role's not going to be that big. We all know that. Who is this summer glow person? It's okay. It'll only be canceled after the first half of the next season. <laughs> well, good show. She brought that up first and I did not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you brought it on first, though, on Tangent Time. Yeah, yeah. So we're, not, we're even... What do you think of Thea taking over Burdens, the nightclub? I think it gives her something to do. Yeah. And I you're think gonna, it's going to also open... find it funny that a 17, like a, an 18-year-old is running a nightclub. Like, but I think it also helps her to do two things. I think it helps her to be closer to Roy because it's in his area. It's where he lives. It's around the glades. And I think it also will open the door for her to find out Oliver's secret. Because how could she not now? Unless they move the Arrow Cave under Queen Consolidated, which I wouldn't mind, but I kind of like it being in the center of the Glades just for Oliver's convenience. I wouldn't mind having two Arrow Caves. Yeah, I don't think I would either. In the Nolan version, where one of them's in the house and maybe one of them's in, like, next to Burton in an abandoned, like, parking lot or something. Yeah, I, I think that works too. Yeah, but I, I do, all joking aside, I do like the fact that it looks like, it looks like, um, Thea will have a story just by herself, not connected to her mother, not connected to her brother, just by herself, and of course we all know Verdon's going to be turned into a brothel if this is full, following the Mia Dearden story in the comics, that part I was kidding about. Well, there you go. Andy, 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 Andy and I were talking off the microphone, actually, like, about her, her, Mia Dearden's past in the comics, and Andy, and Andy was saying, Mia Dearden was not a, was not a, was not a hooker, she, she was a prostitute, then he takes like a second to think about it, oh wait, that's the same thing, Oh, that's, that is that is pretty good. That is pretty yeah, good, that, Andy. That, oh my god. That, we, we busted up laughing. 
Do you think this could actually mature Thea and maybe even put her over Roy in terms of the whole maturity thing? I think Roy's gonna be so obsessed with getting revenge for what happened to the Glades and finding Green Arrow to be on his team that he may push her away. And I think she'll be the mature one in the relationship, yes. Yeah, and then and then and then Roy will meet up with a guy named Jason Todd. Moving on. And the outlaws are born. Yes, that is the theme song, actually. In fact, that is the theme for the live-action CW show. Um, Red Hood and the the Arrow spin-off, Outlaws. Yes, which in all seriousness needs to happen. Jensen Ackles, do you send that after Supernatural? I, yeah, I don't think I'd mind that at all, actually. <laughs> no, um, but... Open to this whole like Thea thing just because it's gonna be nice to see Thea without the teen angst that we saw in year one. Yeah. Um, what's our next thing? Sorry. <laughs> well, the next thing on our plate is we find out from Andrew Kressberg that every decision from now on in Oliver's life is in consideration and in honor of Tommy Merlin. And we're going to find out that Oliver is going to want to become less of a vigilante and more of a hero because of his friend's death. And I think that's kind of that's kind of the opposite of Bruce Wayne's reaction to Rachel Dawes' death. Yeah. Well, it's the exact reaction. I mean, he kind of falls away in seclusion for eight years and gives up. Yes, and those were my mother's pearls. Yeah. On the back. Uh, but no, it, make, it makes sense. It also, and one of the things the executive producers, I think it was, I think it was either Guggenheim or Cressberg, he said that the, Tommy's death will have tremors throughout the season. No pun intended. Like, that's not going to be one of those things that they just sweep under the rug, the rug after episode one. Like, it's going to be like a season-long thing. No, and Which I, I'm happy about because it was a big deal the way they left season two. Not just the destruction of Sterling City. Tommy's death was so unexpected. And really, like I said in an earlier podcast, he's really the only victim in the main cast. Like, he, I mean, he did like, questionable things, yeah. But compared to everyone else, he's an innocent in all of this. Or he wasn't innocent in all of this. Yeah. For sure. And, and, um, but what about Miss Lance, or Miss Dinah Laurel Lance? Yeah. What's going to be happening with her? Well, according to Katie Cassidy, she's growing and evolving slowly into her Black Canary persona, and she's going to start kicking some more butt this season, which for anyone who watched season three of Supernatural, you should know, Katie Cassidy can definitely pull off. I mean, she's going to be even more of a, a warm-hearted and caring and considerate person. Yeah, we're sending them in season one. <laughs> Let's hope so. Remember, remember, she sees the good in everyone all the time. She's not going to have her be responsible for her boyfriend's dying. We're going missing this season. Not this season. Not this season. But her relationship with Oliver is apparently in a rocky place now because she's still... She finds out that she was still kind of in love with Tommy near the end. Yeah. So they don't and, really know where that is at this point. And quite honestly, the way they got back together, and this is not, it was not a sex metaphor, by the way. Um, the way Getting they back together. Was, was not the best way to restart a relationship, especially they think Tommy died with a broken heart. Yeah. Which he kind of did. Oh, she totally did. Yeah. I mean, really, like, the last thing he saw of Laurel, other than, other than saving her, other than saving her, which he doesn't know that he did, Oliver's the one who, t- who told him, was seeing Oliver and, and Laurel getting back together in her apartment. Not the best way to start a new relationship. Radioactive, radioactive. That was the weirdest placement of that song ever. Like, I know. That, like, uh, it was uh, kind of odd. commercials and, and like, like, like dark emo dance videos. 
But not a bad song choice. Anyway. No. <laughs> um, and you didn't put this in the notes, I don't think, but I think Laurel is going to view the Green Arrow like her father did in season one. I like agree. She, she blames him, Green Arrow, not Oliver, for the fact that he, he didn't save time. I agree. I, I, a, I think that's, that's a really exactly interesting it. dynamic to play. I really hope they do a flashback to Oliver's immediate reaction after Tommy's death, because I would really like to see an iconic scene of the Green Arrow carrying Tommy Merlin out of that collapsed building. I don't know if I would want to see that personally, because then, then there's the whole issue of how, how did no one see his face and da 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 da? Put his thing back on his hood. Yeah, but the thing of it, the thing of it is, and it's and it's been done several times in several TV shows. The drama is keeping people apart as long as you can without bringing them back together. Hear me, Al Goff and Miles Miller. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but no, that's where the that's what, and I have a feeling, and this is just my own personal feeling. I don't think Laurel is gonna have a relationship at all this season. I may be wrong. I may be wrong, but I think she's gonna be more focused on work than ever. Just, let, let me put it, let me put it to you this way: every everyone that Laurel and that I just realized this right now, everyone Laurel's opened her heart to, other than her father. And, so, and in some ways, her father, everybody she's opened her heart up to has died or gone missing. Yep. Sarah, her mother, her father emotionally, Oliver, and now Tommy. I think she's going to be, be more motivated to, you know, save people and bring down the vigilante as she sees him, not the Green Arrow. Um, but what do you think about a little black bird who is not Laurel being introduced to the season. Well, yeah. I mean, season two, they also said, not only is it going to be more as a redemption season, but it's also going to be kind of the beginning of Laurel becoming the Black Canary. But that doesn't happen right off the bat because there is more than one Black Canary in the, in the Arrowverse. And really, in a way, there's been more than one Green Arrow, more than one Deathstroke, and more than one Merlin, as we also saw Yao Fei being the first Green Arrow, Wintergreen being the first Deathstroke, and Tommy technically being the first Merlin that we saw. So it makes perfect sense that the first Black Canary we would see on the show would not be Laurel Lance. And I think in the same vein of Yao Fei to Oliver, that this Black Canary vigilante woman is going to be Laurel's mentor, maybe train her, maybe inspire her to become a hero and, well, maybe search for justice for Tommy and maybe search for justice for the rest of Starling City. And I'm, and, and I'm totally up for it. I'm, I'm excited. And here's a crackpot theory. Do you think that this might be Sarah? Would they be hint that it could be Sarah? I know, I know they've already cast the actress for it, but do you think Laurel's going to think that this might be Sarah? Yeah, I could see that. I really I really hope that's not the case. I mean, even though they casted an actress for it, they could always explain that she had plastic surgery or something. I really hope that's not the case. I could see them doing that. Not that I wanted, I could see them doing that. I really could. Not that I wanted, even I could just see them doing it. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I could see them doing it as well. It's not something I want either, but who knows? And, and, and I said that on the phone yesterday on our unofficial podcast of Tangentine. Kidding, kidding. Um, I really don't want this version of Black Canary to live through season three if there is a season three. I want it to be like a one season long character to inspire Will to be the Black Canary that we know in the comics. I agree. Yeah. Go ahead. Diggle will stick by Oliver. And I, I had 
not go over the deep end. Well, and Diggle's become such a popular character now that they finally revealed through the Comic-Con panel that Diggle's going to start appearing every month in the Green Arrow comic book with Oliver. And I think... In the, in the Jeff Lemire comic? Yeah. Okay, good, good. So, I, I mean, that, it makes me very, not only very excited um, more for Green Arrow, but it makes me excited for the show Arrow as well, because this could be another gateway for people to get into comics, and it can also be another gateway for people to get into the show. that well anyway i thought it was creepy i want um, diggle and felicity to get together because that was kind of hinted at the comic con so i kind of kind of want that actually Well, Emily Bett Rickards and Katie Cassidy kind of were commenting on how their characters haven't really met or anything, and yeah. they were co- they were kind of joking around saying that Laura and Felicity would be good friends. I think that that would could be something very big near the second half of the season, especially if Laurel starts training with this Black Canary woman. I think it would be very interesting if Felicity somehow got involved in that. Yeah. And- or, or, or fought Laurel. Without knowing that it's war. Yeah, or something like that to protect Oliver and then realizing we're really going for the same goals and we could be yeah, friends. Because, yeah, because to be honest, like, they only had that one scene in season one. Where he, like, he goes, you're Laurel, gorgeous Laurel. That's the only thing that they really had together. Real, right, and that's not real, and I don't even really count that as a scene as much as a brief, like, meeting or interaction. Kind of like how they explain, uh, the character of Ted on How I Met Your Mother to have met the mother, like, a bunch of times before really meeting her? Yeah. Well, it's not even that so much as how they meet. I don't think Laurel would actually even remember who this woman was. Probably not. Now, Felicity would, yeah. but I don't think Laurel would. Yeah. And here's the thing. It would really be interesting if, let's say, for our domestic Laurel does become the Black Canary in the season. Like, mid-season finale in the spring, let's say, or the winter... This black canary we see at the end of the Comic-Con video died. And then Laurel becomes the new black canary, the black canary. It would be very interesting to see, like, if Felicity finds out that Laurel's the black canary and helps black canary on this, and this causes friction between Felicity and Colin. Well, I mean, and you gotta remember, too, even though... Laurel Dinah Lance, you know, in the comics, is the main Black Canary. She is not the first Black Canary, as the first Black Canary was always her mother, Dinah Drake. Now, since that obviously is not going to happen in Arrow, and since that already did happen on another show on Smallville, I think changing it up is probably the best option. We, we, we said on the show when they actually brought Alex Johnson, I think her name was, Alex Kingston. Yeah, Alex Kingston. Yeah. Um, please forgive me if I screwed up the name, guys, but we talked about even in that episode, or those episodes, which should have, there was no way she was going to be the Black Canary. Like, the JSA Black Canary. Yeah, and that just didn't sit well with either of us, really. Would you, speaking of Black Canary, would you, would you be against a Canary Cry? No, I would love to see a Canary Cry. I know it would never happen. If it were aided by technology, I think that'd be pretty cool. Like, like, core technology. Yeah, I mean, if, if it were Cord Industries technology, if it were Queen Consolidated technology, heck, even if it were Michael Holtz stuff, I'd be totally up for seeing Laurel do the Sonic Scream being aided by technology, because we know they're not going to do powers on the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, anyway, moving on, we also find out more info about Season 2 as a whole. Not only is it going to be more as Redemption, the beginnings of Black Canary, it's also going to be, in a sense... Roy Harper's version of the island in in the sense of this is where Roy Harper is really going to start becoming 
who he is meant to become. And it and whether you say it's Speedy, Red Arrow, Arsenal, it doesn't really matter. The point is he's starting to go down the heroic path. And last season he was more of a gangbanger, kind of like I'm kind of obsessed with the vigilante, almost a vigilante himself. Here it sounds like he's going to become more of a hero. And this is something I'm really excited for because that means we could see more Oliver and Roy interaction, which I really liked uh, no matter how little of it we got last season. There you go. I think they did a good. I think the writers did a good job in the first season of like establishing the character of Roy Harper just enough to where kind of like Luther and Smallville, to be honest. Yeah. Where he wasn't a main character, but you know, so that when he became a main character in season two, it wasn't a jarring transition. Well, and it almost really even reminds me of Castiel and Supernatural season four. Because he only appeared in, what, eight or nine episodes, but then next season he was a main cast member. And it yeah, seemed natural. And, and I think I think the right thing to do is to keep him by himself, other than with Thea, and then just to, then just to meet up with Oliver down the line. I think it would be really interesting if they don't get along right off the bat. I, I think so, too. That'd be very interesting. Well, especially with Thea being in the middle. Yeah. And, um, not, not too much about the island stuff in, this, in San Diego. Just because there's, if you give the audience too much of that, I think it's going to give away something. I agree. And really, I would like the flashbacks more to be the secrets as opposed to the present time stuff. Because it, it makes it a lot more interesting, I think. The fact that they just reintroduced Shadow into the New 52 and brought her back into the Green Arrow book, it really makes me think they want to wrap her up this season. Absolutely. Um, um, let's talk about one of my favorite characters, Miss McKenna Hall. And I think I think they're following the Joss Whedon like kind of style of keeping characters in limbo in case they need to bring them back. Mm-hmm. And and with the Oliver and um, I almost said Felicity. God, this is gonna 
a whole whole riot in the fandom. So, um, with Oliver and Laurel kind of on the outs, open the door for McCaffrey to return. Yeah, and I mean, she only had to recover for about eight months. If this season is five months after season one, that means she's already had enough time to recover and she could come back whenever she wants. That makes me happy. she brought and that's why they didn't kill her off and you have to really give to Gianna for that because quite honestly that's it's all credit to the actress um absolutely well and that and um, like they said Andrew Kressberg says this is why we kept her because we liked her so much as an actress yeah um okay this is huge for DC Comics fans Suicide Squad. Yes. Saw them on Smallville. Now they're coming back to the CW and no, on Arrow. And no, and no surprise here, Deadshot's probably going to be the leader. Probably, yeah. Unless, well, they, wait, unless they want to do Rick well, Flag, which I could see. Well, wait, well oh, I'm not really, you know, Mr. Flag. I'm just saying that Rick, well, when we first saw Floyd Blodden, this version of Deadshot in, like, the third episode, I think, of the first season. Yep. We all knew that this could come down the line. This, and we all knew that it could be even more of a possibility when Arcus showed up yep. at the end of season in the end of season one. I'm, I'm thinking an Argus um, Suicide Squad showdown. Now, do you think that it's possible that we'll see Checkmate? I don't know Checkmate. But I'm pretty sure that we could get a reference to Amanda Waller. Or have her on. Or they could just get the actress who played her on Green Lantern. Like, Guggenheim and Cressberg probably still have a good relationship with her. They could just probably call her in. And then we can connect that movie to this franchise. And No, I'm kidding. But, uh, but you know what? I think this is going to be more storyline than an Oliver one, to be honest with you. I agree. Not that I wouldn't mind Oliver fighting them, which I want. Come on. John, I think it's personal between him and Diggle. And I think that's why it works better that way. If it's just a Diggle story. Yeah. And I mean, they they do say that uh, Michael J. White is going to be coming to the show as the bronze tiger, tiger who is a Suicide Squad member. And we are going to see Kevin Alejandro as Brother Blood, who may okay. or may not be a part of it. I don't know. Who, who is the Bronze Tiger? Is he a DC Comics villain? Yes. Yes, he is. He's, okay. he's, a, he's just an assassin guy. He works on the Suicide Squad, stuff like that. He's not very popular or very big, which is why they can probably get away with him. Yeah. Oh, they saw that name in like a Batman comic. And you probably did. Movies. You probably did. That's why the that's why the name comes up. Okay, Miss Summer Glau. What's her name again on the show? Isabel Rochef, who was a Russian Green Arrow villain in Andrew Kressberg's run, I believe, on uh, Green Arrow. If it wasn't his run, maybe it was uh, the Brightest Day run, but I could be wrong. Okay, the way and this might be different than in the comics, where I have the feeling that this is going to be like the female version of D- John Daggett. From Dark Knight Rises. I don't disagree. I think she'll have a bigger role than he did, though. Yeah. Well, it's really, More like Miranda really Tate, like, almost. Yeah, it really is like Miranda Tate meets John Daggett. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Yeah. And, you know what? It, it, it's going to bring a really interesting dynamic. Uh, once again, not to beat the... Uh, this with a like beat this with a stick, but with Oliver and Laurel kind of on the outs. This kind of opens up the the relationship, well, so to speak, for Oliver. And didn't I hear somewhere that that um, Isabel Rochef actually had a relationship or a friendly one for Queen? 
You may, yeah, you may be right. I think maybe in the comics they did have a relationship. It would be very interesting to see her in the flashbacks with Oliver, actually, more though, more so than anything else. Well, didn't I, didn't I, didn't I read somewhere where did, did you hear that this character Isabel Rocha um, was going to have a, a or did have a, a relationship, or at least a friendly one with Robert Quinn? Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility. I think it'd be really interesting yeah. to actually to see her in the flashbacks with Oliver, if we could. Yeah, and that's why he learns Russian, or the fa- or the Roshevs are the ones that brought him in. Yeah, that would be very I, interesting. It's gonna be a real, real treat for the fans. I think even more than season one was a lot more drama, a lot more like tension between the characters because when Oliver doesn't have the stigma or the excuse even that he was on an island for five years like that's gone away pretty much yeah no absolutely now it's all him yeah well I mean what what about it I mean I mean what about it do you like I, I really well I, yes I should have been more specific I really liked that it looks like Commissioner Gordon from Batman Year One. Yeah. It really does. Like, he is, like, at the bottom of the barrel, and now he's the most unlikely person that he would call a friend is his friend. Probably his only friend. And I think this is pretty much how um, um, Oliver, Oliver feels him because not that he has feelings towards negative feelings towards um, Felicity or Diggle, but like they're in the same boat, Oliver and um, Detective Lance. Yeah. Overall, I think it's going to be a great season, even better. And this is going to be a sink or swim season for Arrow. Like all season twos are for shows. Absolutely. And, and we're. Oh, we're not going to speculate even more than we did because, quite honestly, my partner and I are usually always wrong about these kind of things. <laughs> yeah. John Barrowman was there at the Arrow panel. They didn't hint if he's alive or dead, but I think it's pretty obvious that he's dead. Yeah. Unless they bring in the whole Lazarus pit thing. Well, I mean, they said he's dead. They said it's always a possibility for him to come back in flashbacks, though, but we don't know. In flashbacks or whatever. Um, is there anything else to cover, Michael? No, there's really not. I mean, I'll play the uh, the sizzle reel at the end of this episode so you guys can hear it if you haven't uh, heard or seen it yet. I'd suggest you finding it on YouTube to watch all the clips as well. But um, no, well, that's that's pretty much it. Okay. Um, well, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Google+. Plus. Our, our email is... Across the airwaves at gmail.com. That is across the airwaves at gmail.com. Please specify you want to talk to us at Longbow Hunters. If you have Twitter, my personal Twitter is at WSK9002, at WSK9002. Michael says MJPity7, and on Twitter, at MJPity7 on Twitter. Yep. Um, what is our voicemail, sir? Our voicemail is 1773-809-3363. Again, that is 1773-809-3363. Please specify, guys, that you are calling to leave a voicemail for Michael and Wu at the Arrow Podcast. Also, you can follow us at Longbow Hunters here on Twitter at Arrow Podcast, just at Arrow Podcast. And you can follow Across Airwaves on Twitter as a whole at Across Airwaves. There's no the, just Across Airwaves. Also, I want to uh, give a shout-out. First of all, please go check out our website uh, and click on the Warner Brothers Shop ads or the DC Entertainment ads on our site. Go buy anything that is Arrow, whether it's the Season 1 DVD set, Blu-ray set, whatever, the statues, it doesn't matter. Go out and buy it. If you just click on the Batman ad on our site, you can do that, and you'll help support our site through there. Uh, Also, special thanks to Christopher Weitrick for designing our logo, which is absolutely fantastic. Our nice uh, Longbow Hunters Arrow podcast logo. We love it to death. That's pretty sweet. So check him out. Follow him on Twitter. I forget his Twitter name, but just type in Christopher Weitrick. You should find it. Yeah. And if you you need to know how to spell his name, it's going to... 
it's gonna be on the homeowners section on our website. Um, when of all this news, we forgot when is Arrow coming back. What is the date of Arrow's return, Sam? Arrow's return is October 9th, which is a Wednesday on the CW. The uh, DVD Blu-ray set's going to be released uh, sometime in September, so you can uh, catch up again or re-watch again before the premiere. I know I definitely will be, and I'm sure Wu and I will eventually uh, do a uh, do a DVD Blu-ray uh, episode for uh, Arrow, just, uh, you know, reviewing the DVD, telling you guys about it, stuff like that, so... Look forward to that, and definitely, definitely uh, pre-order or buy that Arrow set. Um, please follow us at our Twitter. Also, please follow at Green Arrow TV, which is a, a subsidiary of Krypton site. You can get all kinds of great Arrow news on there. Also, I, I don't know if this has been announced or not, but across the airwaves is also going to be doing a new show about S.H.I.E.L.D., the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast will give you more information about that in the week in the weeks to come. It's going to, there's going to be a lot of content on Across the Airwaves overall. A lot of shows we got to cover. It's going to be a pretty stacked TV season. So, Michael, is there anything left to say, sir? Nope. That is it. I think we covered all the bases uh, today. Pretty short episode, but hey, I mean, we covered everything we need to cover, and we brought you guys all the news we could find on Arrow, so... I'd say it's a pretty good day. Yeah. Um, my name is Wu S. Kim. What is your name? I'm Michael J. Petty, and for Dan Schmidt, Nico Reifstick, and Andy Babak, uh, we'll catch you on the airwaves. Thanks, guys. See you next time on Longbow Hunters, the Arrow Podcast. Bye-bye. Spending your nights. To me, whoever he is, he's willing to sacrifice an awful lot to help the people of the city. Kind of makes him a hero, doesn't it? No one can stop what's about to come, not even the vigilante. You don't know in your heart what you're fighting for. Welcome, gentlemen. You aren't at all what people say about you. Most people fail to see the real me. I told you, I did not come back to Starling City to be the vigilante. And I respect that. I don't. I've made a few improvements down here. My best friend died thinking that I was a murderer. Where you been? Someone has to do something and stand up for what's right like, like he did. The vigilante. Companies rise and fall. Mr. Queen, your company has fallen. There's only one archer left, and I'm gonna help my boss catch him.
what do you want to be called? Where the hell did you come from? Thank <laughs> you.